and Gambo. Afternoons on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Five o'clock hour live from the auction community studios here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Happy Wednesday to you. Hope you're having a good day. We appreciate you hanging out with us. Of course, a lot of talk still about the Phoenix Suns and the big anticipatory Kevin Durant debut, which might be delayed a little bit now, according to reports from Sham Sharani and others. It might not be until next Wednesday when we see him on the road against Charlotte. I know Suns fans were hoping it was going to be Friday against Oklahoma City or Sunday against Milwaukee. Patience is a virtue. It is. Just be patient. It will happen at some point. The impact he's going to have when he gets here has obviously been the subject of so many conversations we've lost track. There was one that caught Gambo's eye in particular, and we played some cuts from it earlier. This is is on FS1, and this is um, Emmanuel Acho. LaShawn McCoy, Joy Taylor, and Rick Buecher. And they were having a conversation about Kevin Durant and whether he has more to lose or gain by coming to the Phoenix Suns. I got to admit, you sent me the link and I was intrigued because I'm like, I don't know if we've really thought of it that way. I'm going to, Rick Buecher was the last one to speak on it. I'm going to fast forward to his comments because his were the ones that I, I think we can unpack a little bit going into this conversation. Here's Buecher on whether KD has more to lose or gain. I don't see him <laughs> suffering whether he had stayed in Brooklyn or wherever he is. He's a two time champion, and Simmons? four time scoring champion. He has. Nothing to lose going to Phoenix because we don't really know what KD is looking to gain. Why is he going to Phoenix? You started it with yesterday. Well, he's, he wants to win. That's why he has to leave Brooklyn. First of all, he was winning in Brooklyn. When he and Kyrie were on the floor together, they were winning at what? what they won nine, 19 and 2. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They could win. If he really wanted to win, though, he would have never left the Golden State Warriors. Okay, two things on that. Number one, I agree about the Golden State Warriors. That's if he if he just wanted to win, he could have just stayed. And, I don't know how expensive that would have been for Golden State, but Brooklyn. I mean, yeah, they won a bunch of games when Kyrie was there. As soon as Kyrie was there, there's no reason for him to be in Brooklyn. They're not going to win anymore. They're done. They're done. That, that that's over. I mean, to sit there and say they won games in Brooklyn, why would he want to leave? Well, he wanted to leave because Kyrie Irving asked for a trade. Because Kyrie wanted a trade. And as soon as he was granted mm-hmm. it, Kevin Durant could see the handwriting on the wall, and he knew winning wasn't going to happen there. Of course he wants to go somewhere where he's going to win after that. And he's one of the few players in the NBA who's got the power to make that happen. I think more than anything, it's about being happy. Look, I think like the key to life, you know, you got to find, you just be happy. Okay. Whatever makes you happy, do those things. I think Kevin Durant, my opinion, I think he searches for happiness. I don't think it's chasing rings or things like, where can I be happy? Where can I be in a situation where I'm going to be okay, where I'm going to be good? And maybe in Golden State, he just wasn't happy. He won two championships. He got two rings. But it was something that just he wasn't totally happy. So he went to the Nets and he tried to do something with the Nets. It was very unique and it didn't work out. And so now he's going to come to Phoenix and try to do something here. I don't know that he's chasing rings or, um, you know, because some people think that. And I don't also believe that it's a, you know, a win or lose, the win, a lose situation for KD. How did they phrase it? Like he, it's a lose. Somebody said it was a lose, lose. No, I mean, no, it's not. You come to Phoenix, you deliver a championship here. They might build a statue for you. They might, you know? 
So you would be legendary if you brought a championship to the Phoenix Suns. I think there's a lot to gain. We know what's the gain. What's I think there's a lot to gain for KD coming here. But I think in the end, I think he just wants to put himself in a position where he's happy. He's happy with his coach. He's happy with his teammates. He's happy with where he's living. I think that's important to him. Yeah, here's more from Buker. You talk about making what makes Kevin Durant happy, and I know we're getting really deep into this. Here's something else Buker said today. He's looking for... F- basketball fulfillment that we don't quite understand so if you was looking for not just to win but to be seeing what for the thing that he didn't get in gold state which was the recognition of being the player he had the opportunity to do that in brooklyn and that's where the phoenix suns move doesn't make sense because let's say they win a championship are we giving it to Kevin Durant that he won that championship? No. To Acho's point, we're going to say the same thing that we said in Golden State. I disagree with that. I disagree with that. I think because they've tried to win it without Kevin Durant, and they failed. They, they, in Golden State, they won it without him. They did. They, 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 they got him. to the top of the mountain. They didn't need him. Now, and, could, and they, you can make an argument they would have won those two without him. You could. I was just going to say, I don't we know don't if they would have or not, but we don't know. Right. We don't know. We don't know if they would have or not, but, they, but the Suns clearly needed something more. That has been, man, if you're a Suns fan, that has been obvious and evident since they got bounced by the Dallas Mavericks looking in totality over the last two years. They didn't have enough to finish a deal against Milwaukee. They didn't have enough to finish off a 64-win season when they were the favorite to win a championship. They needed more. I I, I don't buy this idea that Kevin Durant isn't going to get the credit for winning a championship with the Phoenix Suns because of the ensemble cast that he's joining. This is an organization that's gone 50 years without winning one. They've been one of the best teams in the NBA well, since they came into the league. It's kind of, he's going to get credit for it. You know, and I'll give you something on, on the, on the Brooklyn perspective. Okay. Born and raised and grew up in New York my, most of my life. You know, 30 years there, the, the Nets were in New Jersey. They were an afterthought. They were always an afterthought. See, it's different in basketball. Like in football, the Giants are the king because they were around longer. But there's a lot of love for the Jets. Joe Namath led them to a Super Bowl in 69. The Yankees are the king with 27 championships. But there's a lot of love for the Mets because they kind of replaced the Brooklyn Dodgers and the Giants when, when they left New York. The Mets came in and the Mets won it in 60. So the key with the Mets and the Jets was that they won early. The Mets won it in 69. They won the World Series. The Jets won it in 69. So they kind of won it pretty early, you know, that was the key. The Rangers are the big team in town for hockey, but the Islanders won four Stanley Cups in a row. No professional sports team has won four straight championships in a row since those Islanders. So there's a lot of love there, and plus they had that Long Island connection. The Nets were in Jersey, okay? They were in Jersey. I used to tell you all the time. We used to go see Michael Jordan play. You know how? We'd go to the New Jersey Nets games Mm -hmm. because you couldn't get a ticket to see him for the Knicks. The Knicks are so much bigger than the Nets. And he may have got to Brooklyn, and I'm in Brooklyn, and I'm with Kyrie, but you're never going to be bigger than the Knicks. It doesn't matter what you do. It's almost like a Lakers-Clippers thing in a way. So I think that could have been part of it. That could have been part of the, I don't mind leaving the Brooklyn Nets because, look, they, they don't care. The Phoenix Suns fans care more here about the Suns than the Nets than the Nets fans in Brooklyn. I don't doubt it. There's no question. I, I it's not even a debate. It. I mean, they're second fiddle and they always will be. I think this one, I mean, look, I appreciate the nuanced conversation they were going for in Fox Sports 1 this morning or yesterday, whenever it was they had the conversation. I think this one's really simple. Why is Kevin Durant coming to Phoenix? 
one, they offer him a really good chance to win a championship, and two, he gets to play with Devin Booker and Chris Paul. And that makes him happy. And that makes him happy. And what, what's going to make me happy? It's, right. it's not going to be playing in Brooklyn with my half-crazy teammate who's not even here anymore, and now I'm stuck on a team that can't win a championship. I mean, can, I, can you imagine... Going from Kyrie Irving as your teammate to Devin Booker? I mean, maybe Kyrie's a better player, but in terms of a more stable presence that you can kind of depend on and count on, I mean, you just went from you, you, you went from the the, the, pen, the outhouse to the penthouse when it comes to players. I don't think there's a team in the league that would take Kyrie Irving over Devin Booker. I don't think there's one team in the league. If you said you could have one player right now that they would take Kyrie Irving over Devin Booker. He's just too unreliable. And so kept so, Kevin Durant goes from that to Devin Booker. I don't think this one's all that tough. Now, if they don't win a championship when he's here with the Suns, then I think Kevin Durant ultimately will face the man. You tried the super team thing twice, and you failed twice. Like, I think he'll wear that. I, I, I think that will be part of the story if he doesn't win one here. You went looking for super teams in Brooklyn and Phoenix, and you couldn't win one. But if he does win one here... It will be it's, be, worth, it's worth whatever risk there is. Absolutely. It's more, he's more to gain than he does to lose, I yeah. think, being would there, here. Would there be a parade here if the Suns won a championship? Yes. And yeah. would Kevin Durant be on the right. first float? Yes. There he, wouldn't be one in Brooklyn. <laughs> They'd be like, what are the Knicks doing this offseason? <laughs> Isn't that Yeah, they got Larry really? Johnson, Allen Houston, and Chris Childs. Can it's we get that again? so bad there wouldn't even be a parade. I'm just saying the Nets, like the Nets are like, out of all of the professional sports teams in that area, I'm not counting the Devils. They had the biggest afterthought. Nobody cares about them. Yeah. There's so little people that care about them. The 35th Annual Arizona Renaissance Festival has begun. The Renaissance Festival, every weekend until April 3rd, we're giving you the chance to win a family four-pack of tickets. Visit the contest page at ArizonaSports.com. You'll get all the details and your chance to win. It's all right there. Nick Rollis is matching the message that was sent by his compadre, the head coach of the Cardinals. Gambo's favorite, violence. <laughs> Next on the Perns and Gambo Show. And Gambo, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, lots of stuff to tell you about with the Arizona Cardinals. Um, coaching news, coaching introductions, uh, Newsmakers Week with Bickley and Murata. Uh, we do want to announce that uh, the schedule always kind of fluid, but we did get some confirmations from the Cardinals, and we want to make sure we tell you about this. This is the week every year where Bickley and Murata do Newsmakers Week, where they get in all the big-time decision-makers with all the teams, all the sports organizations, and they have these really good conversations about how things are going. Monty Austin for will join the guys tomorrow at 6.45. Michael Bidwell will join the guys tomorrow at 7.45. Jonathan Gannon will join the guys Friday at 7.45. So the trifecta of power brokers for the Cardinals will all be in for Newsmakers Week. Yeah. It's pretty good, good list right there. Should be good. Yeah, I'm very interested to hear what Michael has to say and, uh, you know, how they came to this, the, you know, the you know the, the decisions to hire Gannon and the staff that they're putting together and things like that. So that'll be very, very interesting. Yeah, I, I agree. Nick Rollis today, defensive coordinator for the Cardinals, 29 years old. He was introduced to the media, talked about the gig for the first time. Tomorrow it's going to be Drew Petzing, the offensive coordinator under new coach Jonathan Gannon. Why did Nick Rollis take the job? There's a lot of reasons that I chose this organization. Um, one of them is the guy sitting right next to me right now. You know, obviously, 
I, I have belief in him as a person, as a coach, as a guy that will help me out as a, a coordinator because he was just in my shoes and obviously I got to witness work with him. But also, you know, and I also just kind of want to thank Michael Bidwell, Monty Austin Fort. You know, I, I feel like this is a great thing here and, and we're going to build a organi- uh, winning organization. And I wanted to be a part of that. I wanted to contribute how, you know, however I can as a coordinator to get us to achieving those goals that JG and, and Monty ultimately set for this organization. And you being a guy who likes violence, and you being a guy who <laughs> liked the violence comment made by Gannon a week mm-hmm. ago when he was introduced, it was used again today by Nick Rollins. There's a lot of players that uh, play extremely hard, fly around. You know, one that comes to mind, obviously, Buddha. Buddha sets the standard on how you play this game. It is violent. It is high motor, twenty four seven. And I'm just picking one guy out. There's all guy. There's all kinds of guys on this defense that play to that standard. And we're going to continue to demand to push that even further. Yeah, I expect that these, you know, that he's going to come in here and work with Isaiah and Zabin and hopefully Murph and Zach Allen will be back and be able to put together a good defense. And uh, there's a there's a a lot of improvement that needs to be made. We went over some of the numbers earlier. Statistically, the Arizona Cardinals were terrible defensively. They were. Now, some of that, you know, you can make an argument that there was certain game. The Kansas City game put them in the put them in the hole right away, right with all the yards and points and everything they gave up. Uh, there were some good moments for the defense. At times, the defense kept them in the games, yep. but overall, overall, the defense sucked. It sucked. It wasn't very good. They didn't do a good job of getting to the quarterback. They didn't do a good job of defending tight ends. They didn't do a good job of best players had great game. You know, good players had great games against them. So, you know, that's something that that has to improve. The good news is there really is nowhere to go but up. When you're at the bottom in so many categories like they are, you know, there should be improvement right away. But to get that improvement, you know, coaching's one thing. You got to have talent. They've got to get more talent on the defensive side. No doubt about it. And, And it was something we talked about a lot last year, how it financially all the money was invested on the offense, how very little of it relative to the offense was invested in the defense. That showed itself by the end of the year. It was very obvious that the defense just didn't have that much invested into it. They didn't go out and get that edge rusher. They tried to go out and get that corner in Jeff Gladney, and he had the, you know, the tragic accident last year, so he couldn't, he didn't play, passed away. Um, they, they, but it was very obvious by halfway through the season that the defense just didn't have nearly enough horses. And so that's got to change first. And, and we'll see. We'll see how much they invest this year in this football team. There's a salary cap they have to invest. But I think most people think that the true return to competition for the Cardinals will be a year from now when they kind of reset the salary cap and get things kind of back in order again. But, yeah, the defense, no doubt, no, I'm fascinated. needs to like, be addressed. If they trade Hopkins, I don't know that I re-sign Hollywood. I, I played this thing out with Hollywood Brown. I might roll the dice on that. I don't think you're wrong. I don't. I really don't. I don't think you're wrong. I mean, I don't know how good he is. He missed a bunch of games this year. I think he's a good number two receiver. I don't think he's worth number one money. So, like, if I can get him on a good deal, I'll keep him. But if not, then I'll let him go. Like, I'll you play this year, and then we'll decide if we want to keep him. If he if he's great and he has 110 catches for, you know, for 1500 yards, like you could always franchise tag him. So I don't, you know, I, I think they may have learned their lesson with Kyler. Like, you don't need to to do this with Hollywood Brown. If you even if you trade Hopkins. 
And you can say to yourself, okay, what happens if a year from now, if you don't have Hopkins, you don't have Hollywood Brown, you'll always be able to get receivers. Okay, you'll always get receivers. The draft, free agency, you'll find receivers. Mm-hmm. You know, until you get, you know, and, and if you're in a position, listen, maybe you address the offensive and defensive lines this year, and then next year in the first or second round with a high pick again, you get a great wide receiver. Could be. Yeah. And I, I mean, I'll, I'll go one step further. The, the conversation we had yesterday about James Bradbury versus Byron Murphy. Yeah. I, I, I don't know if I want them signing any old free agents to long-term contracts Hollywood or expensive Brown's pretty contracts. Young, though, right? No, I wasn't talking about Hollywood Brown. I'm okay. just talking about in general, like as a philosophy going forward. Like I, I just don't know if this is because typically you're signing an older veteran to a, to a high, but like a JJ Watt. You think you're a JJ Watt away from competing, right? You think you're a, you know, you, and they're not. They're not that one expensive veteran away from being great. So don't spend your money on the expensive veteran. Right. If you're going to sign a veteran, get them on a friendly deal. Get them on a team friendly deal. Get them on a deal that doesn't, that's not super expensive and you can get out of after a year with minimal damage. Don't, don't do anything that you're going to regret a year from now signing a guy who's supposed to help you now because I just don't know if there's much to help now. They want to be competitive in year one. I get it. I think the situation is set for them to use. Use this year as kind of a rebuilding year and a reset year, and just don't do anything that jeopardizes Look, and there's no that. real untouchables on this roster. I ain't trading Buddha because I think Buddha's got a lot of good years left, and especially a safety instead of a corner, he can play at a high level for a long time. But there's a lot of a lot of untouchables. If somebody, if anybody's interested in players on the Cardinals roster, I'm open to discussion. Now, Jonathan Gannon was at the press conference today, the head coach of the Cardinals. He confirmed that Nick Rollis will call the defense over him, um, which is noteworthy, mostly for a couple reasons. Number one, we didn't expect Gannon to give up play calling duties so early into his head coaching career. And then number two, Nick Rollis is 29 years old, and that's something he addressed today as well. It is flattering. It is very cool. And I would say this, like I would not be here if I did not come across certain people throughout my entire life, right? And so it goes back to my childhood of, you know, obviously I had um, great parents growing up and, and they put me in, in positions where, you know, whether it was school, sports, anything like that, you know, I was, I was given the opportunities to really figure out what I love to do in, in life. And ultimately, you know, I was led to football. There was a really good story this morning on The Athletic from Doug Haller, who does such a good job over there. And he wrote kind of a background story about Nick Rollis. Now, now again, you're going to, this is kind of typical in some of the quotes that were in there, but the story reads that basically everybody knew from the minute this guy was in high school, he was going to be a coach. Like, it, you just, he, he learned other positions, ones that he didn't even play. Like, he was a defensive back in high school. He learned the plays so that he could play left tackle. Right, like like he just he wanted to learn yeah. everything about it. I'm sure now, that's all. I'm sure that's very true. I'm sure it's all true. I mean, it's it's and that's kind of, but it doesn't also doesn't mean he's atypical. A lot of coaches are those guys that identify early. Hey, I really want to coach this, but to achieve this at such a young age. To be, I mean, oh yeah, most my, people at 29 don't know their ass from their elbow. My, so, my, I mean, okay, my son does, but my son's 25. He's getting married this weekend. Like married? The, the, married. The idea that my 25 year old son, four years from now, could be a defensive coordinator in the NFL, like it was like. Get out of here. I mean, right. my son's a really responsible, intelligent guy. There's, there's no way. Uh, you know, it's just one of those things where he's 29 years old. You know, it's just well, a lot of people change their paths, right? You know, their careers, their paths in life. 
guys like this don't. Like, they've been on this track for a while. Like, they've been on this track since they were 15, 16, 17, 20, 22. Like, this is always what they were going to do. They never got derailed. They never had to go leave this and do something else. And, you know, I'm going to take, uh, you know what, I, I'm going to give up on this dream and chase another dream because there's not enough money in this right now. I'm tired of making, you know, $20,000 being a graduate assistant coach. I need to go make some real money. And so I do think, you know, the, the people that stay on that path eventually, for a, it's a lot easier to make it work out if you're strong enough to be able to stay on that path and avoid the pitfalls that come along the way. You don't I'm watch, sure it wasn't easy. No, I'm sure, oh, I'm sure it wasn't. You don't watch WWE, do you? No. Did you know his brother is a wrestler on the WWE? Uh, Eric's not. Eric, do you watch the? Do you watch? Don't get Gatos. No, I don't watch, but I do know that Madcap, whatever his name is, is uh, running around. Madcap Moss. His brother Mike Rollis is a WWE wrestler that fights under the name Madcap Moss. I can't believe. Give me this. I gotta look this up. Madcap Moss. Madcap is one word. One word. Madcap Moss. Madcap Moss. M O S S. Madcap Moss. Riddick is the name. Riddick Moss. No, Madcap Moss. That's his name. Madcap Moss. I mean, okay. Madcap Moss. I'm looking at it right now. That's his brother, huh? That's his brother. Yep. Yep. <laughs> there he is. Madcap Moss. <laughs> he's, I don't think Nick Rollins is that big. <laughs> yeah, this guy's huge. Look at him. He's enormous. I think he played for Minnesota. Football. Uh, he did. He That's right, a picture of him right there. Yeah, look at that. Madcap yep. Moss. Yeah. yeah. So there's a guy who wanted to play professional football, didn't work out, changed his career path. <laughs> right. So he went from, you know, Riddick Moss to Madcap Moss. Fantastic. So he had to change his career path. That's great. That's good stuff. Uh, tomorrow, Drew Petzing, the new offensive coordinator of the Cardinals, will be introduced by the organization. When we come back, we had James Jones on the show earlier today. He spoke on the impending return of Kevin Durant. He also spoke on that final roster spot that could be filled by this Friday. The very best of the things James told us next on Burns and Gambo. Burns and Gambo. Afternoons on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Back here on the Burns and Gambo show, the uh, speculation on Kevin Durant really kind of started from Brian Windhorst when he was on NBA Today. Friday's game on ESPN against the Thunder, I'm not sure that's when we're going to see Durant make his son's debut. Uh, he hasn't played in six weeks, and I know he said over the weekend at Salt Lake City in the All-Star uh, festivities that his knee was feeling good, but there is a, a desire for Durant to get a five-on-five live contact workout tomorrow in Phoenix and then see how his knee reacts to that um, before you know proceeding to you know being activated now neither Durant nor the Suns are ruling out Friday's game but I think the you know within within Durant's camp and within the team there's an expectation that Sunday's game in Milwaukee which is a Saturday afternoon ABC showcase game or next week they play in Charlotte as part of a long road trip uh, could be more likely than Friday against the Thunder. Now Sham Sharania followed that up from the Athletic and he's reporting the expectation is now going to be Wednesday for Durant against Charlotte when he'll make his debut. We Gambo you and I had James Jones on the show, president of basketball operations, general manager of the Suns, and we asked him, and he said, guys, I just can't give you a real clear timeline on Durant right now. No, I can't. Um, I I, I can say I'm pretty... pretty, uh, It's just one of those things where I think over the next 
you know, if we have a practice tomorrow, uh, we'll get a better gauge of where he is tomorrow. Uh, but he, he's close. Uh, I just can't tell you exactly when he'll play, but I, I know he's close. You followed it up with this. The next game would be Friday against the Thunder. Have you ruled him out for that game? No, we have not. We haven't ruled him okay. out yet. Okay. That was from James. Now, again, the reporting that's out there from Shams and others is now more of an expectation of next Wednesday. But according to James, they have not ruled him out. And then I'll play this one more, and then let's talk about this a little bit. The ramp up for Kevin Durant and what that might look like. Here's what James had to say about that. We put him through three-on-three, five-on-five. You just want to see him go through some sustained uh, movements, you know, put him out there 20, 30 minutes, see how he responds um, in the moment, but more importantly, the day after. Um, it's just like a, a regular game. You know, guys go into the game and they feel great, and then they get a chance to go home. You know, their their bodies kind of settle, and, and 12 hours later they're like, hey, I'm sore, or this doesn't feel right. You know, he's been progressing uh, over the last couple of days, but our team guys haven't been in market, so he's just been doing some twos and threes. So we hope tomorrow we'll get a chance to see him out there with the full group. And then we'll go from there, just knowing that every day uh, he's getting better. He's not having any setbacks. And so we expect him to progress well over the next few days, and, and we'll see. Uh, but he'll, he'll be playing soon. His playoff minutes, the load is incredible. He, he, that's why you, you're going to make sure that he's right. Last year... 46 minutes and 39 seconds in one game, 45 minutes and 54 seconds in another, 42 minutes and 27 seconds, 41-01. Go back to the previous year when they played Milwaukee, 53 minutes in one game, 40, 48, 41, 43, 40. Like the amount, the the load that he carries in playoff games is incredible. It's incredible how many minutes he plays. So your goal here is, yeah, you want to get him to, uh, you know, the adaptability and the adjustments and get into a rhythm with playing all of these guys. But you're going to ask him, you're very likely going to ask him to be on the court for the majority of every single basketball game you play in the playoffs. Yep. So this, like, we can sit, oh, we want Kevin Durant back. We want to see him play. Be patient. Be patient. Yeah. Because based on his history, man, you go back to when he was with Golden State, 49 minutes. It's 43 minutes, 44 minutes, 43 minutes. Like, he, he barely comes off the court. He does barely oh, come off the court. It's crazy. No, I'm, like, I'm like looking at his, okay, I'm looking at his playoff numbers now, and this is just going to back up what you just said a second ago. Last year, he averaged 44 minutes per game in the playoffs. Oh, my God, that's insanity. The year before that, he averaged about 40 and a half minutes per game. Um, with Golden State, it was averages closer to 36, 38, 35. Oklahoma City, 40 minutes per game in the playoffs. 43 minutes per game with Oklahoma City. 44 with Oklahoma City. Yeah, it's, his the load that you that they ask him to play in these games and, and look in it uh, like it, it sucks in that we all want to see him in a Suns uniform. We've talked about this all day long. It's going to be an event. It's going to be a big deal when he makes his debut. We're all going to be very, very excited about it. You don't want to have to wait for that. You want to see it. You want to experience it, especially if we're being honest about it. Kind of sucks a little because the first game was supposed to be a home game, right? There's Friday night against Oklahoma City, and it would have been cool to see that at home. It would be cool to see that in person. And now it looks like it's not going to happen until they're on the road if these reports are to be believed. But at the same time, if the goal here is to win a championship and not just get excited about seeing Kevin Durant in a son's uniform, then it's worth the wait. 
It's worth the wait. It, 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 I, I hope nobody out there dropped a fortune and get tickets for a game on Friday night if he's not making his debut. I would feel bad about that. But the big picture here is make sure he's healthy at the end. Make sure he's healthy in the playoffs. Make sure what you're, you're going to ask him to do in these playoff yep. games. I mean, I don't know what quarterback in the NFL never misses a game, but it's, you're, you're the backup to Kevin Durant. It's like being the backup to a quarterback who doesn't miss any games. Like Tom Brady. Tom Brady never missed any games, other yeah. than that, you know, one year in New he England when he was there for two games. And yeah. they beat the Cardinals with Jimmy Garoppolo as yeah. the quarterback. I, I mean, he just he does, he never misses any games ever. He just doesn't. Um, so, and one more from James on KD. I don't rule anything out. Um, it really, there's no exact um, process you go through. Right. It's just like uh, an adaptation and a response. So if he comes back and he's like, "Hey guys, I'm not ready to go," then you say, "Okay, Friday's not a go." But if he comes back and says, "Hey, I feel good." Um, I want to test it a little bit. You know, you have conversations around how you integrate them, how you use them. Um, so it, it's just a dialogue. But I, I'm telling everyone, he's he's close, uh, and I know he's itching to play. All right, let's get into a couple of other things that James talked to us about. Uh, Ish Wainwright, the deadline is here. You know, he can't play another game until he has some sort of decision made about his contract. Here's what James said about that, whether the decision on Ish will come before Friday's game. Right, in order for him to be uh, game eligible and playing the game, yes. As far as staying with the team, um, he could be with the team. He just won't be available to play. Okay. Is that the only option they're considering? Yeah, those are one of the considerations. I would say we haven't made a decision on that yet. Okay, but it's got to be, you know, if he's going to play on Friday night, that's the first night they would have to. Okay, well, the only reason you wouldn't have made a decision on it is because you're kicking the tires on a buyout guy. Be the only reason. Will Barton? That'd be the only one. Not the only one, but that would be... Like the only we talked about this earlier, and I don't know, I lost track of this. Did 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 anything happen with Goran Dragic? Did you see anything about Goran Dragic over the weekend? I did not. You no, know, the Bulls ended up buying out like Tony Bradley and their other guards in order to make room for Beverly. Okay, because there was some speculation that the Bulls might buy out Goran Dragic, and I would be interested in a backup point guard or another point guard option given campaign's kind of uncertainty. But you're right; that, that's the only. It would seem on the surface, based off of the guys who are available today, right now, that Will Barton might be the only one you'd consider bringing in here, and then you wouldn't be able to keep Ish if you did that. You just you wouldn't have any. You've only got one roster spot left. Um, Gordon Dragic is going to be 37 years old in a couple of months. I know. Go look at what he did last year for Brooklyn. He actually contributed. For, he's always been such a good player. He's a good player. He's good, and he's, he's had a really nice, long, solid career. I mean, he's hung around in this yeah. league. He's Much still, longer than his brother. <laughs> what was his brother's name? Does anybody even remember his brother's Zoran? name? Wasn't it Zoran? Oh my God, if you got this. Is it really Zoran Grajic? Zoran, Goran, and Zoran? That's what the parents named their kids? Zoran. Oh, yeah, I'm right. Zoran Dragic. Was it really? Zoran Dragic. How long did he last in the NBA? Uh, let's find out. Zoran <laughs> Dragic lasted he played 16 games. Three seasons in the NBA. I got two, two seasons in which he actually played. He no, I'm, two, I'm sorry, you're right, too. Two, I was looking at it wrong. six games in 2014-15 with the Suns, and then he went to Miami <laughs> and played in 10 games. Imagine having the pull to bring your brother. Your brother, your brother's terrible, and you got the pull to bring him along, and he's on an NBA roster. I thought of you. Who's uh, the worst brother that's ever played? What was Blake Griffin's brother's name? Taylor? Taylor Griffin? Taylor Griffin? Yeah. What's the worst brother that's ever played in the NBA? That should be a poll question. <laughs> Taylor Griffin or Zoran Dragic? Taylor Griffin played, of course, with the Phoenix Suns. Of course he did. Eight games with the Phoenix Suns. 
Who is that other? Um, oh, who's the power forward I'm thinking about? Is the brother? He uh, the Suns always wanted him, and his brother played for the Suns because they were trying to get him. Who was him? There was a power forward that the Suns always wanted to sign as a free agent, so they signed the brother, and he played on the team, but they never able to get the. I, 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 it sounds familiar uh, what you're saying, but name. I can't. You, you put me on the spot here, and I can't remember. Vinny would know. Vinny! Vinny, are you listening? Vinny? Vinny? Yeah, they had the brother on the team, and they always... Okay, wait, hold on a sec. Um, I just found this story on Fansided. Twelve times the Phoenix Suns signed the less talented NBA brother. Uh, I don't recognize that guy. Marquis Morris. Millsap. Did they have Millsap's brother? Did they have Millsap's brother? I don't remember that. That doesn't sound familiar. Robin Lopez instead of Brooke Lopez. Seth Curry instead of Steph Curry. Miles Plumley instead of Mason Plumley. Jaron Collins instead of Jason Collins. Grant Gondrazek instead of Glenn Gondrazek. Luke Zeller oh instead God. of Cody Zeller. Zoran Dragic instead of Goran Dragic. Taylor Griffin instead of Blake Griffin. That's the list I had in front of me. Not the one you were looking for? No, it's good. I'm just trying to see if there was a... I thought there was a... What you're saying sounds familiar, but you uh, you've you've. But I got the me. right guy with Millsap. I don't know. I, you've you've stumped me on that one. I'm okay. not sure. I'm not sure. Vinny would know. Where are you, Vinny? I can't remember. Who am I thinking of? I don't know. Look. Oh, look up Elijah Millsap. M I L L S A P. Look up Elijah Millsap and see if he ever played for the Phoenix Suns. <laughs> Hold on, I got a text from. Elijah Millsap, Vince Murata. Says is that Elijah who it is? Millsap. Yes! Elijah Millsap! He might be the worst of all the brothers. <laughs> who is the worst brother? He played two games for the Phoenix Suns. Oh my God. There you <laughs> he, go. He, he played two games for the Phoenix Suns. They were trying to decide. Hey, listen, if we side him, we can get his brother. We bring him on this roster, we'll get Paul. <laughs> Boy, that was awfully easy to get Vinny to respond to a text message like that. Vinny, what are you doing? Take, take a break, Vinny. Yeah, 1.5 points per game for the Phoenix Suns in 2016-17. I love that Vince is just, he's better than Google. I swear, he's be- Vince Barada is better we, than Google. He is our search engine. He really he is Vinny. He is. In the, didn't we, this is Arizona yeah. Sports, right? Vinny was our search engine. He answered the question on my text Faster than I could look it up on Google. 24 and 58. Hey, listen, when you win 24 games, you could put anybody's brother on the team. <laughs> you could put your brother on the team. Matt. Yeah, go get him, Matt. You got a brother. Good luck, Matt. Have fun with that. You can play for the Suns. Uh, when we come back on the Burns and Gamble Show. Really, Vinny, thank you. We appreciate it very, very much. Where? Wait, I figured it out. Well, you did, but Vinny confirmed it. Yeah, okay. I mean, you asked me to look it up because you were on like sure. I was just I, you were you were unsure. Power forward, and I came up with Millsap, and I couldn't remember the brother's it's name. A good one. I he played. Uh, you know what? I like to think I know all things Suns. I don't remember Elijah Millsap playing two games with the Suns in two thousand. Elijah Millsap, Taylor Griffin. Uh, I don't remember Taylor Griffin. I remember Zoran Dragic. I got Dragic. Yeah, Dragic. Yeah. Uh, where and how will you watch Diamondbacks baseball this season? That's the question we're trying to answer next on the Burns and Gambo show. Sons. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Burns and Gambo, what's on tonight? Not nothing. Coyotes are on tonight, taking on the Flames. What is it, a nine-game point streak for the Coyotes? Nine straight games, they've registered at least a point. 
Lonnie McDonald's not walking through that door. <laughs> 7.30 against Calgary. Uh, I think Veg is getting the start tonight. And then Connor Ingram's starting the next game, I think is what I saw off of Craig Morgan's Twitter account. Um, so Connor Ingram, we had him on the show yesterday. He yes. obviously has been playing out of his mind. But it has been, I think this is that was three straight for him in terms of starts. But there has been kind of an every other game kind of feel to those two. Um, so unless there's a last-minute change, according to the report I read from Craig Morgan, it's going to be Veg who's going to start between the pipes. And we'll see if the Coyotes can uh, keep this this point streak alive. It might be counterproductive for their goals. But oh, it totally is. We'll see if they can keep it alive, Tanking, I guess. They should, you know, they should be rewarded for winning some games. Maybe they should get the kid. <laughs> Wasn't that always Shane Doan's idea? For tanking. Oh, he had the he had the worst. Like once you're eliminated, you, then you give the top pick to the team that plays the best after they've been eliminated. Yes, right. Yeah, to give you an incentive to keep winning, right. even though you should keep losing. Yeah, Doan was flying that I, flag for years. It's an idea that's never really gained any traction. No, of course not. But it's I like that it. it's thinking out of the box. It I, was thinking outside of the I box. I had a, a buddy of mine, really good friend of mine, who um, suggested to me that the way to improve the NBA All Star Game is to give out a defensive play. Of the game award to make somebody play defense out there. Just you know, to the all-star defensive player of the game award goes to just to hope somebody actually gives a crap out there. How about they just don't play it? Yeah. I'd be fine if they didn't, but they're it's that's never look, it's it, to me it's really simple. You know what? You complain about it, don't watch it. Mm-hmm. I complain about it, I don't watch it. Like if a tree falls in the woods. Yeah, and... it's just like if you like if you like that kind of basketball, then watch it. And if you don't, then don't. It's not, you know, right. It's not that tough. It's it's you've got a choice. You've got a remote control in your hand. Watch what you want to watch. If you don't like something, turn it off. Take it's the that, clicker and change the channel. It's that simple. You know, rather than sit around and complain about how bad it is, don't watch it. That's my solution. I agree. That's a good solution right there. It is. It's just it's logic from Dave Burns right there. You don't want to watch it? Don't, don't watch it. I don't watch it. it. Don't waste it. You know, we, we, we do some towel. We do find a way for like a couple minutes every year. Three or four times you had to complain about the stupid all-star games that all these sports have. Oh, wait, but you, we just do. It's like, really? Like, I know. But we shouldn't. And we did. Yeah. Oh, no, because you, you brought it up. You were like, look at the rating. I didn't even bring it up. You did. You sent an email today. Look at the ratings for the... I, I wouldn't have looked at that. It would have passed right by. I don't care. I mentioned it. But you mentioned it in your email. In my like, email. But the, on, on the air, in this context, I, th- I think I, tw- I spent 20 seconds on it in the reset. 20 seconds too much. <laughs> there it is. NBA all-star ratings. And they were bad. They were down 30%. Yeah. That's fine. You know. Okay. Watch what you want to watch. If you're going to complain about it, just don't watch it. That's my solution. Awesome. Uh, ain't that something, DeAndre? Ain't I want to watch that uh, that show that Mitch was telling me about. It's on like HBO Max. The, zombie the Last show. of Us? Maybe. Go for I it. I might want to watch that. I, I, I hear it's the best thing on TV right now. Really? I've really heard that. Like legitimately, it's the best thing on TV right now. I haven't watched it because it's. I have a very high bar yeah. for apocalyptic zombie movies or end of the world movies. I've just seen so many of them. It's. I feel like everything that's been done can be done about well, that. I started but. watching The Walking Dead when Carter was president. And it's still going on. <laughs> like, I don't think that show's ended yet. No, it hasn't. Maggie's 92 years old. It, it hasn't ended yet. I don't know how they kill zombies at their age in wheelchairs and crutches. And that show's been on for like forever. Mitch, you were going to chime in with something? You looked like you were prepared. I was just trying to think. 
in my head and then also out loud, what is even competing with it right now? Like Light, White Lotus season two is done and in gone. In terms of stuff that's right? out like, right now, Wednesday's like, done and gone. Like, what is the new recurring thing on television or streaming right now? Uh, is The Walking Dead over? No, it's still. I think it's still going on. I think it's okay. still going on. Um, I don't think. That's a really good point. I don't think there's anything like super. There's that uh, shrinking show on Apple Plus with Jason Siegel and Harrison Ford. I know that's been kind of popular. Uh, Ted Lasso's coming out in a couple Let's of weeks. Go! Mandalorian is coming out in like a week. Yeah, but they don't have my girl on it anymore. The the star of the show. Okay, hold my on, girl. But hold on. I liked her part. If they only make it through one season, they're not the star of the show. I'm Gina sorry. was great. What's her name? Gina. She was great she on that show. Carvel. Carvel. Yeah, she was like great. That. Yeah. They they they, uh, they axed her. Terrible. <laughs> the first season of the Mandalorian. She was so good on that show. Campbell comes into the station. He's got a little Grogu doll. I bought a, three of them. A little remote. I'm like, can't you're off your rocker? What I are know. you doing? I bought three Grogu. And where are those Grogu? Grogu's now. I don't know. They're now Goodwill. Somewhere. Oh, you still have them. Like I couldn't resist every time I go to Target or something. You know, I, I I'm bored. I walk around with Chelsea and then I see a Grogu. I'm like, I'll buy just buy Grogu. You should have brought it in and put it next to the Gopher behind Burnsy. I just listen. Anytime my wife goes to Target, I go in because like they used to have RC Cola in the bottles, like in not in, in like the the plastic bottles, and they don't have them anymore. I just want I just want a regular sized RC Cola, not in a can. I'm not asking for a lot in this life. I just want a regular RC Cola in the, the plastic bottle like you would get a Coca-Cola or a Dr. Pepper or something. I don't want to buy it. I don't want it in the can. I want it in the... They used to have them at Target. You used to be able to get them there, and they don't have, they don't have them anymore. What? If anybody was going to have a semi-charmed kind of life... I just want an RC Cola. That's, that's, that's the best out of, out of all the soft drinks. I like RC Cola. <laughs> so I just I don't want it in the can. I want it in like the regular size kind of bottle. I've like, never been happier to hear that music in my life. Really. Enjoy the long weekend, Bernsey. Yeah, I'm out of here. I won't be back until long Tuesday. Weekend, before the show. Kids get married on Saturday. We'll see you. You'll be back tomorrow. Good night, everybody. Good night, everyone. You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go.